Welcome to the Kickstart Your Book Sales Podcast with USA Today bestselling authors Russell Nolte and Monica Lionel, where you'll learn how to supercharge your book sales, go aggressively wide, and take your author career to the next level. Today, we have a very special episode. A lot of people have been asking me how I do so well at shows. And more specifically, how I get my pitch so on point and what my pitch is. So there's a lot of psychology that goes into my pitch. Before we get into that, you have to know that I kill at shows. And that's because not only do I create content that people want, but I pitch it in a way that helps show how great my content is. And that's what I'm going to show you today. I'm going to take you step by step through my pitch and tell you exactly how I pitch, why I pitch, and why I say certain things. But before I do that, I want to remind you that we are doing free strategy sessions at the Business of Art. Dot us and then just click free strategy call in the top right corner. It is completely free and there is nothing like free. So just one more thing before we get started. There's going to be a lot of naughty language in this episode. All right, now that that bullshit's out of the way, we can get down to business. Before I tell you about my pitch, you have to understand my table setup. So when you go to a con, you're either going to get a six or eight foot table, depending on what the con provides. Bigger cons provide a drape, which is something that goes around the table to make it look pretty. Smaller cons do not. So my table setup is pretty simple. I have a black drape, which is just pretty much a big cloth that I throw over my table. Then I have a three foot runner, which is a smaller cloth that goes down the middle of my table. It's green. It has our logo all over it. It's fabulous. Then in the middle of that green on one side, I put Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter, our first book. And behind that, where you can still see, I put My Father Didn't Kill Himself, which is my second novel. On the other side of that green, but still on the green, I put Katrina Hates the Dead or Katrina Hates Dead Shit in the front. And then in the back, I put my book that I write and draw, Gherkin Boy. Now, that's very important to my setup. In the middle between those two pieces, I have buttons and uh, sketch cards I have all our promo material. Just have a bunch of stuff that's freebies or cheapbies. But that's not all. On the left side of our table, in the black, is all of our all-ages stuff. And that is our book, uh, The Little Bird and Little Worm. It's my first novel, Gumshoe's Case of Madison's Father. It's our new book, I Can't Stop Tooting a Love Story. And that's very important because when someone comes up with a kid, I can tell them the black is all uh, kid-friendly and pitch them just the kid-friendly stuff. Or if they don't have a kid, I can go into my main pitch. So the way that I set up my booth is very, very important to this buyer psychology workflow that I'm going for when someone comes to my table. I want to guide them around my table so I can see their eyes light up and give them the appropriate material that has the highest chance of them buying. And what's really important about this is I put my heavy hitters in the front. These are the ones that hit home runs over and over and over again. Then I put my uh, utility players in the back. 
and on the sides. The ones that not everyone's gonna like, the ones that don't sell as much, but the ones that can really attract a die-hard audience for people that don't like either of our heavy hitters. So the first step to my pitch is the most important, and it's to get people to stop at your table. If you just do this part and understand that 99% of people are not going to stop or not going to turn around, you are going to drastically increase your sales. And what I do is very simple. Everybody that passes, I say, do you want to see a cool comic? 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 I literally say it a thousand times a day. Sometimes I switch it up. I say, do you want to see some cool shit? Do you want to see something cool? It almost doesn't matter what it is as long as you are engaging with that audience because a certain amount of them are going to turn around and say, all right, what you got? When we first started and I didn't have a lot of books, what we did was a thing called free crappy drawings, which we literally just said, you want a free crappy drawing? You want a free crappy drawing? You want a free crappy drawing? And people would come over and just by engaging with them, it increased our sales of our books dramatically. So that's part one. This next part is intended to make them say yes to something very small. They just want to make a very small choice. Buyer psychology and sales says that if you can get people saying yes, yes, yes enough times, they are going to buy. Every time they say yes, they're more likely to buy. So I want them to say yes as many times as possible at that beginning. So I asked them a very simple question. Do you like girls that kick ass or psychological mind fucks? The people that stop, about 80% of the time, they laugh. Which is great because if you can get them laughing, then you're making a connection with them. But all I want them to do is basically make a choice. I point to Katrina, hates the dead, and say, do you like girls that kick ass? Then I point to Ichabod and say, or psychological mindfucks. It tells them exactly what the book is about on a very, very broad scale without me having to say anything. And now I know that Katrina outsells everything on our table three times. So if they say, I like both, I'm going to give them Katrina. If they say, I like Katrina, I'm going to give them Katrina. If they say, I, they like Ichabod, then I give them Ichabod. But I want that reaction to them where they make a choice so I can lead them down a path. And you could do this even if you have a couple of things on your table. You're probably going to at least have a book and a print of the book. So you can say, hey, are you looking for art today or comics? If you have buttons and stickers, you said you like buttons or stickers. You want them to answer that question so you can focus your pitch to what they like. I already know because I say, do you want to see a cool comic? That the people that are turning around to me are interested in comics. So I don't need to ask them a question about prints or anything else. All I have to do is ask them now, what kind of comics do you like? Do you like ass kicker girls or psychological mind fucks? Usually people like one, the other, or both. But that is not always the case. Some people don't like violence. Some people don't like comic books. Now you get pretty good at discovering this just by a look on their face when you've done this long enough. But usually when somebody can't make a decision or like hems and haws or their, their eyes don't light up for one of your books... It's a good indication that those aren't the right ones, which is why I have my backup plan, which is when somebody really doesn't seem excited about either of those books, I say, 
or Weird Books About Pickles, which is about my book, Gherkin Boy. Or if they really don't look like they're into comics, or if they say, I'm not into comics, I can say, do you read novels? If they say yes, I can say, well, this is our new novel about a girl whose father commits suicide and she sets out to prove that it's a murder because she can't stand the thought of losing him. And so whatever they say, I have a rebuttal for them. And that's one of the biggest pieces of sales is someone gives you an objection, you have a rebuttal. Whatever decision they make, I put a book into their hands. This is the second most important thing after getting someone to your table is to hand them something. Once something is in their hand, they're drastically more likely to buy it because they can feel it. They can look at it. People like giving things away much less than they like buying things. So if they like something, they're at a con to buy and to find cool stuff. They're much more likely to buy something if you put a book in their hand. Once I put a book in their hand, I give them the logline. If it's Katrina hates dead shit, it's this is about a girl who gets sick of living during the apocalypse. She sets out to hell to kill the devil. If it's Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter... I say it's about a psychopath that escapes a mental asylum and then becomes a monster hunter. She doesn't know if he's killing monsters, humans, or it's all in his head. If it's my book about a pickle, Gherkin Boy, I say it's a, about a pickle that falls into a black hole and decides on an adventure across the universe to get back home. But that log line is intended to pretty much encapsulate the story. Again, ass kicker story, ass kicker log line, psychological mindfuck story, psychological mindfuck uh, uh, log line. Weird book about a pickle, weird book about a pickle log line. So it's just the most excitable and the most excited I've seen people over years and years and years of pitching. I've refined these log lines down so I can say them off the cuff literally whenever. I've tried hundreds of them before, hundreds of little options and hundreds of little changes, and I found the one that worked for me. So these log lines are not something that's going to happen tomorrow, but you can sort of try five log lines at a con and then whittle down the one that works best and whittle down the one that works best until you have the wording perfect to give you the best chance of engaging your reader. Congratulations, you found a secret word. This episode's secret word is and. That's and, A-N-D. There are nine words in our secret phrase across the first 10 episodes of our podcast. Once you've collected them all and have a guess as to the phrase, email writermbateam at gmail.com before July 31st, 2022, and you'll be entered into a raffle to win all sorts of awesome prizes, including a scholarship to the Kickstarter Accelerator, scholarships to other courses in the Writer MBA Library, and an ebook copy of our popular book, Get Your Book Selling on Kickstarter. We look forward to seeing your entry, and good luck. Now, back to the show. So now I've given them the log line and they're reading the book. And while they're reading it, I vacillate between being silent and giving them interesting facts and asking them questions. I ask them questions, things like, what do you think? How's the art? Is this something that you think you'd like? You know, little nuggets that I that, that, that I have developed over the course of a long time. I try to ask too many. What I want to do is get them more excited. So one of the things that I know is super exciting for people is finding undiscovered artists. So for Katrina Hates Dead Shit, 
my artist went on after this graphic novel to work for Star Wars and work for Dark Horse, work for Avatar with Warren Ellis and a bunch of others. So that's incredibly interesting for a lot of people. For um for our book Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter, the artist helped Charles Soule or Sole or Shule launch his career and now he writes Poe Dameron and um Lando and he wrote Death of Wolverine for Marvel. He just writes a ton of stuff. So I say that because that helps people get a little bit more engaged with the artist and with the material because they're now finding sort of cool undiscovered indie artists or discovered indie artists before they were discovered. In the case of uh, Katrina Hates Dead Shit. If it's my book about a pickle or uh, or my father didn't kill himself, then it's about me and how I'm the artist and how I'm there and how I sign and doodle inside all of the books. Another thing people like is complete stories at cons. They don't like stories that continue over and over and over again. So I make sure to mention our books are self-contained stories so they don't have to worry about me ever coming back to it. After that, after I've asked them a couple of questions, gauged their interests, and seen that they want the book, that's when we go into the final stage. So once I know they want to buy one book on my table, and I know that because they flip to the back and look for a price... I start talking about price. I want them to buy as many things as possible because I know the more they buy from me, the more they like me and they, the more they are to be very engaged with my brand going forward. So if they like one, I want them to buy at least two. So I tell them books are one for 20, two for 30, three for 40, anything on the table. If they like one book, they're very, very likely to pick up another book and see if they want both. People love deals. So by doing this, I'm increasing the amount of volume and the amount of money I'm getting per customer, which means I need less customers in order to break even or make money. Yes, I'm giving away a little bit of my profit, but I design my books with a pricing structure so that if I have to give them away for $5 or $10 less, I will still make money. And this goes into the psychology of pricing your products and all of that other stuff. You need a hefty enough and a healthy enough profit margin that if you need to bundle, you need to drop your price down for somebody, you can still make money. May not be the maximum amount of money, but just like any store, any retail store ever, they are going to drop their price down because they know people like deals. So what do they do? What does Macy's do? What does JCPenney do? They increase the price by 25%, knowing they're going to drop it down 25% when anybody asks or when they have a sale. And it's the same thing with books or prints. You want to make a deal that is good for you and good for the customer. So by saying one for 20 or two for 30, I'm giving something away so that the customer can buy more product. I am acknowledging that they have a finite amount of money at a con and I want to get them the most amount of money possible to continue to buy other things without blowing their bank account. Meanwhile, instead of making $20 at that con from that person, I'm making $30 or $40 from that person. Now, if I know my numbers and I know that at a con I'm only going to make 100 people buy for me, I need to maximize the amount of money that each of those people are spending. 
And so I am going to bundle things. I'm going to increase the price more than my bottom line. And some people are going to pay the full $20. But then when I need to, I can drop the price down to $15 a book and still make money and maximize that person buying from me. And it's not just about them buying from me. It's also about them reading what I have to offer. And if you only buy one book from somebody, there's a very good chance that I'll see you back next year and you won't have read my book. I see it all of the time. I see people that have bought my book and I see them a year later and they still haven't read it. Now, people that buy two or three or four of my books... They are going to read them because now their nightstand is mostly Russell Nolte books. So they're going to try one. And if they like one, they're going to try the other and the other and the other. And then they're going to come back and buy from me again because it's not just about that one time. This is about the customer lifetime value of your client. So I'm willing to drop that price down. And oh, I only drop it down if you sign up for my mailing list. So I drop that price down so that you buy my books, sign up for my mailing list, and then read my books, and then voraciously consume my content again. Just like when you sign up for anything, there is an acquisition cost. So people are going to give you a lot more upfront than they would for an existing or even returning customer because they want your business. And they know it costs a lot to acquire a customer And then it costs very little to maintain a happy customer as long as you're putting out content that they want. You see this in business services. You see them at JCPenney. You see them at when you sign up for a credit card and get a bonus offer at the beginning. You see it all the time. There is an acquisition cost that all companies understand. And for me, I'm willing to give up $10 of profit or $5 of profit or $15 of profit up front as long as you sign up for my mailing list and become a rabid customer. Because I know if I can get you liking multiple books of mine, you are going to continue to buy multiple books from mine. So I bundle as much as possible, not only to increase the amount of money spent per customer, but also to acquire new customers. And after I do that, they'll make a buying decision. Either they're going to buy a book or they won't buy a book. Maybe they'll sign up for my mailing list, but they don't buy a book. Maybe they'll buy four books, but that's out of my control. What's in my control is making that consistent pitch over and over and over again. It's kind of like being in Skyrim or another RPG game, and you have the shopkeeper who says the same exact thing every time you come up to the shop. That's how it feels to be me at a con. It starts with just getting them to the table. Hey, you want a cool comic? You want to see a cool comic? You want to see a cool comic? Those that come over, you're like girls that kick ass, psychological mind fucks. Neither of those? What about weird books about pickles? Are you not a comic book person? What about novels? Oh, you're looking for something for your kids? This is our all ages section, the black. All right, you pick up a book. I give you a log line. Tell you a couple of interesting facts about it. You turn the book over to look at the price. I tell you it's two for it's one for 20, two for 30, three for 40, anything on the table and any quantity. And I do that over and over and over again. And because I know it's a numbers game, the more people I talk to, the more people I will find that like my books and the more people that will buy more books. 
And up to this point, I do very well at cons. I'm not saying I will always continue to do well at cons, but I am saying that this pitch works now, and if it changes, I guess I'll have to do another episode and show you what works better in the future. And that's it, my secret sauce for how I make money at cons. That's it, wannabes and creators. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with Monica and Russell on the Kickstart Your Book Sales podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to visit kickstartyourbooksales.com slash free to download our best resources to help supercharge your author career and take it to the next level starting today.